This is Radio Energy News. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Ian for News. I'm Rory Holden. And I'm Jessica Matheson. It's 3.30. Here's the headlines. Crisis in NHS as Scottish nurses vote on strike action. Striking is not only about the pay, but I feel it's for better working conditions and for better patient care. The Bank of England announces a rise in interest rates, hitting householders hard. And it's just a bit of a scary time and we're unsure if it's the right time to get on the housing ladder and start start a life in our new home. And we reveal the local man named Britain's School Librarian of the Year. The students come into the library, they come here to breathe. You know, they come in here and just go, ah, oh, it's a good place to be. Now, NHS nurses have held a ballot this week to decide whether or not they will proceed with strike plans which are expected to affect the entirety of its Scottish workforce. The outcome of the ballot is currently unknown. Here is our reporter Sophie Smith with more. In historic news, the Royal College of Nursing is voting to strike. The ballots were collected on the 7th of November following RNC Scotland's rejection of the Scottish Government's pay offer. This is the first time the union has voted to strike in its 160-year tenure. Other unions such as Unison have pulled out of balloting after being offered a new pay deal. I spoke to a nursing member of Unison on why he thinks the strikes should happen. Because as any employee I have the right to withdraw my labour if I don't feel satisfied with the working conditions and the pay offers. Um, as working for the NHS uh, there's a national uh, shortage of nurses at the moment so the only way to retain nurses and to encourage people to come into nursing is to give them better pay and better conditions. The only way to retain staff is to have a happy staff, uh, a well paid staff and a well educated staff and if it's a legal strike um, you can't be sacked for legally striking. Um, that's why the ballot's going ahead at the moment and hopefully we'll get the numbers even although the, the government have changed the figures and the numbers that need to be done so they can strike. However, some are unsure about crossing the picket line. I spoke to one nurse from the RNC who has voted not to strike. I, d- I don't want to strike because I think the patients would suffer in the long run. I'm there to provide care, um, meant to be compassionate, so I don't want to. However, I would work to rule Currently, some days you don't get a break, um, you're wanting a 12-hour shift, uh, you're grabbing a quick drink here and there, but it's not acceptable. A recent poll has revealed that over two-thirds of the British population supports the strikes. With overwhelming support for the strikes, the NHS would see 300,000 staff walking out around Christmas time when it is most under pressure. Scottish Conservative leader Douglas Ross pressed the First Minister on the government's handling of the current NHS crisis. Chief Political Correspondent Thomas McCabe has the details. With a winter of oil forecast within the NHS, it is no wonder the NHS dominated the First Minister's questions. Both opposition party leaders pressured the First Minister on issues within the NHS. The First Minister, why are Scottish scans being sent to private companies on another continent for analysis? The Conservative leader, Douglas Ross, quizzed the First Minister on the lack of radiologists, delayed discharge and radiology work being sent abroad. Sturgeon retorted that Tory immigration policies have made it more challenging in attracting radiologists, as well as the Conservative economic policies from Westminster have made it more challenging. Labour leader Anna Sauer doubled down on questions on the NHS, specifically on ambulance waiting times. First Minister, why did Katrina McFarlane have to wait in pain for nearly 24 hours for an ambulance that never turned up? 
The First Minister replied to the Labour leader by saying that her government is trying to do everything in their power to help the ambulance and A&E services. The duty of me and my government is to ensure through investment and other interventions that we are supporting them every step of the way. It's not easy. It's not easy for any government right now, particularly in light of the economic circumstances, but we will not shy away from that duty each and every single day. But Labour in Scotland is clearly so thrilled to defending Tories that they are blind. Green MSP Mark Ruskell also asked Nicola Sturgeon on the legacy of COP26. To ask the First Minister how the Scottish Government will be building on the legacy from the Glasgow Climate Pact by attending COP26 in Egypt. Sturgeon went on to say, I will attend COP27 to uh, do what I can to further collaboration uh, between Scotland and other countries. Which was then followed by MSP Mark Ruskell stating that. Can I thank the First Minister for that response? And I'm also very pleased that she didn't have to be shamed into attending COP27, unlike the Prime Minister. So it's been a whole year since the COP26 climate summit took place, for which world leaders flocked to Glasgow to address the global climate crisis. Uh, since then, we've seen significant progress from most attending nations, despite the problem continuing to grow. With me in the studio is our climate correspondent, Renata Yassin. So, Renata, what can we expect to change this year from last year's conference? Well, this year, Egypt is hosting COP27 in coastal Sham el-Sheikh from the 6th of November until the 18th. It's a vastly different setting from Egypt to Glasgow. Numerous agreements were made in Glasgow, including to protect forests, climate finance and net zero commitments. We've heard UK's new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, has taken a U-turn on his decision not to attend. This year, they'll discuss critical issues, nature, water, food, industry, decarbonisation and climate adaptation. So what do you think about Rishi Sunak's U-turn decision to now attend the summit in Sharm el-Sheikh? I support Rishi's decision to attend the event, although some have criticised him, saying he should focus on issues at home, like our cost of living crisis. I mean, these are all fair points put towards our Prime Minister. Uh, the UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres uh, stated that attending nations must provide uh, a quote-unquote down payment on the proposed solutions, which must match the severity of the problem. So, do you think that leaders will provide this? It is desperately needed to show global leadership addressing climate issues. Some might argue that despite their efforts to discuss topics such as carbon footprint, most global leaders will attend via their private jets. Would this show that leaders are leading by example? Some may raise questions about whether the discussions could take place online. Would this reduce excessive transportation and CO2 emissions? Thank you, our climate correspondent Renata there. And now, Niall Fancy has today's sports news. UEFA have announced a Women's Nations League will take place from next year. The tournament, like the male equivalent, which started in 2018, will be another way in which teams can qualify for the Euros, World Cup and the Olympics. Countries will be placed in leagues of three or four teams across three tiers based on world rankings. The winners of the top four leagues will then make it to the final. A team's position in the Nations League will determine their starting position in qualifying for major tournaments. Speaking to the press, UEFA President Alexander Seferin said, I am convinced that this format will help all European national associations and keep the dream of qualifying for a major international tournament alive. British tennis number one Cameron Norrie has been knocked out of the Paris Masters in a shock defeat to 64th ranked Corentin Moutet. Norrie was beaten 6-3, 5-7, 7-6 in a disappointing performance in which he made 27 unforced errors. Fellow Brits Dan Evans and Jack Draper were also eliminated in the second round. World number two Rafael Nadal 
lost to the American Tommy Paul six sets to one. Celtic boss Angie Postacoglu has promised his side will do better in their next European outing after losing 5-1 to Real Madrid in the Champions League last night. The game concluded the Glasgow side's worst Champions League campaign so far, with only two points coming from a possible 18. Postacoglu took responsibility after the game, admitting his team did not yet have the quality required to succeed at Champions League level, but said there were positives to be taken on board for future European games. You can't take away from the fact that they're a fantastic football team, but we still came here and created a lot of opportunities I think um, you know, other clubs have struggled to do. So there's, there's something in that for us, but ultimately we fell short. Now, some financial news. It was announced today that interest rates will be the highest in over 30 years. Our reporter, Gregor McRae, takes a look at how this will impact homeowners and those looking to get on the property ladder. More and more people across the country are feeling the pinch, with rising bills, soaring inflation and chaos in the financial markets. And now, the cost of living crisis is going to get even worse. Today, the Bank of England announced a rise in the base level of interest rates, from 2.25% to 3%. That's the highest increase for over 30 years. But what does this all actually mean? Well, it will mainly directly affect the amount people pay for their mortgages. Alfie Sterling is Chief Economist at the New Economics Foundation. The big picture here is that we have significant increases in interest rates that will really hurt family finance. A 0.75 increase is £900 um, a year on a, on a typical tracker mortgage. The rationale behind the rates rise is to try and bring the UK's spiralling inflation under control. But for Lucy, who has a mortgage to pay, it means difficult spending choices in her day-to-day -day life. The main thing for me was actually just looking at, I've actually never really done it before, just look at all your direct debits, really go into a deep dive into your own finances um, and just see where you can make, you know, make changes. And it's not just those already on the housing ladder who this is affecting. Rachel and her partner Beth from Edinburgh have been renting for years and were considering looking for their first home together. But this, combined with the general economic outlook, means they're having doubts. Um, but like the past year, even though both of us got kind of new jobs, the cost of living crisis it doesn't seem to have made much difference in what we can save. And now the new interest rates because of the cost of living and everything else going on, it's just a bit of a scary time. And we're unsure if it's the right time to get on the housing ladder and start, start a life in our new home. The current interest rates haven't been this high since 2008, and many experts are predicting they will soon rise even higher. Elsewhere in the announcement, Bank Governor Andrew Bailey warned that the UK is facing a two-year-long recession and a dramatic increase in unemployment. Nicola Sturgeon blamed the news on Tory mismanagement of the economy, while Rishi Sunak said his government was trying to restore stability and fight inflation. But for millions of ordinary people across Scotland and the UK, that prospect seems a long way off. Sparks are in the air this week as Bonfire Night approaches. Our reporter Emma Barton has some tips on how to stay safe and enjoy the festivities. As Bonfire Night approaches, many people will be out celebrating with a bang after the two-year Covid hiatus put festivities on hold. But now Guy Fawkes Night is back and this year event organisers promise that it will be bigger and better than ever. There are many public displays to ensure people can enjoy a well-organised, safe evening full of excitement. Edinburgh City Council are not putting on their own show, however, there are many local communities setting off their own fabulous fireworks. Hopeton House this year are welcoming visitors to its grounds for one of the best shows of the year. 
With a We Will Rock You theme, fairground attractions and a bonfire, families will enjoy a night full of fun in the safest way possible. Scotland's fire crews are up to four times busier than usual on November 5th, wasting time and resources attending unsafe bonfires. The SFRS recommend attending an organised public fireworks display as it's safer, better for the environment and often less expensive to attend. Assistant Chief Officer Ross Haggart is appealing for communities to help prevent deliberate fires on bonfire night. We absolutely want people in Scotland to enjoy bonfire night and celebrate bonfire night, but we want them to do that safely and responsibly. Um, and we would absolutely encourage people to attend organised bonfires within their area and leave it to the professionals uh, to support their enjoyment of the evening. Following a change in laws last month, this is the first year Police Scotland officers can charge members of the public for supplying fireworks to minors. Such a charge carries a possible prison sentence of up to six months, on top of a fine of up to £5,000. This comes after rioting in the city of Dundee, where masked teens targeted people with fireworks, causing serious injuries, thus prompting an adjustment in the law. Here's hoping for clear skies ahead of this weekend's festivities. No matter how you decide to celebrate, remember, remember to stay safe this 5th of November. Now, a bit of Christmas news. The Leith Collective have officially begun their Christmas exchange, where those celebrating the festive period can collect or drop off items such as trees, gifts and decorations. Our reporter Cara Blackhall spoke with the founder of the organisation to find out more. Leith Collective launched their Christmas tree and festive food exchange this week across their three stores in order to help those in need this Christmas time. The company are urging the public to donate any unwanted Christmas items that may be sitting around in their homes in order for everyone to enjoy the spirit of Christmas. Leith Collective founder Sarah Thompson said the main two reasons behind the exchange is both sustainability and that people simply cannot afford to do things as we make our way through the cost of living crisis. We're asking people to donate in old Christmas trees and old Christmas decorations and firstly it's about the sustainability element because it's a lot of plastic, they just get thrown out every year, it's outside the houses, it's horrible, you walk past at Christmas, you see them all outside miserable and they're going to landfill and it's going to go nowhere. And secondly because I realised that people can't actually afford to do things. With the cost of living crisis only getting higher and the festive period being only around the corner, people are beginning to think about and limit their spending as much as they can. And there is real concern that people are going to have to choose between enjoying their Christmas and being able to heat their homes. They can't afford Christmas this year. I read an article a week ago saying that people are choosing between Christmas presents, food and keeping warm. So if we can donate what we have, we can then give it out to people that need it. Locals are being urged to donate any Christmas trees, decorations, non-perishable food and festive treats free of charge. And this isn't the first time that the company has organised an exchange. This Christmas exchange just comes a month after they launched their winter coat exchange, which saw over 1,000 coats being donated. There's no questions asked. There's no limit to what you can do. I'm hoping that this year we can gift people Christmas. So if we can do little things like this and build up communities, I'm hoping that this will take off and we can help a lot of people this Christmas. Items can be donated, dropped off and collected at the Leith Collective at Ocean Terminal and Fort Canard and the Clydeside Collective at St Enoch Centre. It is hoped that by offering a place for anyone to come and visit the exchange in these accessible locations, everyone can have the Christmas that they deserve. This is en 4 News. Here's what's still to come on today's programme. We're going to keep you updated with the latest on Edinburgh's rising dog theft cases. We speak to the UK School Librarian of the Year. And chocolate lovers are bound to be upset as Mars proposed plans to scrap the bounty bar from their celebrations box. 
A recent rise in dog theft cases have swept the capital as organised gangs target family pets. Our reporter Neve McCabe investigates how politicians are tackling the issue. Right now in Scotland, a dog holds the same rights as a TV or a kettle. MSP Sue Webber is hoping to pass new legislation that will give our furry friends the rights they deserve. The government are planning on cracking down on dog theft following a reported rise in dogs being stolen during the pandemic. Speaking to owners Annette and Sierra, they tell their thoughts on the new prospective law. I personally, again, can't understand why people would steal a dog apart from a financial reason because it's like stealing a child isn't it yeah. you, know, you just don't understand why it's done unless they have horrible thoughts and feelings about what they want to do with them then, yeah there's plenty of dogs out there to access with rescues and everything the bill itself will create a new statutory offense that will focus less on the financial loss of the dog but more about the harm that the dog has felt during the time and will also concentrate more on the owner to some extent robin bell thought that she had lost her beloved dog bear feeling the terrible fear that some families will carry for a lifetime so my name's robin and i have a dog called bear um quite a big dog um and i naively thought that no one would steal him because he's so big and scary looking um and i was fine tying him up outside shops and when i came out he wasn't anywhere to be seen i looked around the car park i asked people loading their cars and they hadn't seen him so i panicked and i called the police um and they said they would send someone out in an instant um, someone overheard the phone call and she said that she had saw a little girl with a big black dog um, near the main road and when she had asked to pet the dog she was like no and then ran off so we both ran up in that direction but everything got sorted and it ended up being a 10 year old girl that had followed me um, to Littles and then took Bear as soon as I went in. Yeah I'm a lot more wary about um, if I tie Bear up outside. These rougher laws will make not just us, but our dogs feel safe in their own homes. And now, the weather. Now, the weather on Radio Energy. Edinburgh is set to have a largely sunny day today after heavy showers covered the city yesterday evening. This afternoon will be largely dry with lingering showers in the west. This evening will be partly cloudy with a few showers in the early hours. Now, with Remembrance Week fast approaching, Poppy Scotland have been preparing to commemorate the event here in Edinburgh. Our report, our, our, our correspondent, Ronan Calhoun, has more. Poppy Scotland were out in force in the city centre with its capital celebrating its annual Poppy Day with a host of musical acts in a run-up to Remembrance Week. Today is really important in our annual calendar. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to raise as much money as we can from the greatest citizens of Edinburgh. And over the years, we've raised tens of thousands of pounds on this day. Uh, we try to make this more upbeat before we go into the more poignant week of remembrance next week. Colin Thackeray, the 2019 winner of Britain's Got Talent, headlined the day with the 92-year-old Korean war veteran performing in St Andrew's Square to a packed crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Colin Thackeray. Must have been cold there in my shadow. Members of the public were out in full force today showing their support for Poppy Scotland. Here's what some of them had to say. I was honoured to do it. Yeah, definitely. We've been doing it for about five years now. My husband used to have a, an actual um, Royal Enfield motorbike, but it was getting too heavy so he just sold it. So, but we'll plan for something else that's easier, a car or something. <laughs> As Edinburgh's annual Poppy Day draws to a close, Poppy Scotland will still be taking donations to help those in need.
News of celebrations removing bounties from the selection has split opinion across the nation. Our reporter Aaron Proctor took to the streets to find out what chocolate lovers had to say. Marge Wrigley have placed a bounty on the head of one of their most famous chocolate bars as the company removes the bounty from the celebrations variety box. This comes after a survey of 2,000 saw that 39% of participants would want bounties taken out of celebrations forever. But what do the people of Edinburgh feel about this news? The bounties are like, I don't know, they're like third on the tier list. I don't hate bounty, but if it goes, it goes. I don't think it's going to be a heartbreaking thing. It can go, I don't like it. But for my mum's sake, it can stay. Right, bounties. Right, a bit controversial, but I mean, come on. They're bounties. The coconut, you can't take coconut out of the celebrations because it has a bit of diversity. It took them long enough to take it out, honestly. Uh, coconut makes my mouth dry, I hate it, but uh, yeah, it needs to go. It's pretty good, nobody ate the bounties anyway, they were always the last thing left, so it's, it's good, it's about time. Um, I'm gutted. I think I'm one of the only people that don't mind a bounty, so celebrations, they've caved into the masses. The No Bounty Limited Edition trial will be rolled out across 40 Tesco Christmas market locations throughout the country in November and December. But whether or not you're a fan of the bounty, its glistening blue wrappers are sure to be missed this Christmas. And finally, our reporter Sean McGill gets his head down into the books as he speaks to the Lothian librarian who's been named the best in the UK. Shh! Finger over lips, a stern look of disapproval from behind the desk. Shh! Silence may have been a key feature of your school library, but at Preston Lodge High in East Lothian, they're making all the noise in the name of their very own Derek Francis, who's been named the UK's School Librarian of the Year. But Derek, he almost can't believe the award isn't a work of fiction. It's slightly overwhelming, to be honest. Yeah, it just felt surreal. Uh, I was just completely bowled over. Um, but saying that, looking back now, in retrospect, it's great to be recognised for the work school librarians do. Do you know, personally, it's fantastic, but also just, just for school librarians in general, it's great for them to be recognised. Derek has been at the school in Preston Pans since 2019, overseeing the launch of impressive initiatives such as the Parent Book Club and a feminist group, as well as his library winning the First Minister's Reading Challenge last year. In the age of social media, Derek still firmly believes in the power of reading. The students come into the library, they come here to breathe, you know, they come in here and just go, ah, oh, it's a good place to be. Um, they'll use the library, like I said before, as a, a safe space to come away from the hustle and bustle of the, the daily school life. If reading is about finding your heroes, then Derek serves as the perfect idol for his school and his community. Award in hand, everyone can be rest assured that he'll continue to pen new chapters in the stories of our young people. And now, a recap of today's main stories. The looming NHS strikes were addressed in today's First Minister's questions. Increased interest rates have caused uncertainty in the current economic climate, leading to a likely recession. And the COP27 summit taking place in Egypt next year intends to address new problems regarding the climate crisis. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is now expected to attend. 
That's all for now. You can keep up to date with all the latest on the EN4 News website. Have a good afternoon. And thank you for listening. This is Radio Energy. Edinburgh, Napier, Radio Group.